Hi, it's Allegra with your dose of modern life, healthier, easier, more fun. On today's show, I'm going to talk about politeness, because you know what? The world needs more of it. Then you're going to hear my conversation with my friend Angela, who I introduced you to earlier in the year as someone who has just left her only employer of her entire life. She's been with them for over 20 years in order to pursue her quote unquote passion. But how do you find your passion? (laughs) Hear her answer then. And then I'm going to give you a quick fun tip on spring and how to bring more healthy foods into your life. All this and more after this brief musical interlude. See you after the tunes. We're back. And now about politeness. You know, no one was ever accused of being too polite. And I really feel like in this day and age, when there's so much lost in translation between text messages and social media posts, that you just need to be extra polite. And recently, I had an interaction with a friend of mine who I think we all have friends and family like this person. They are someone who I know is a good person. I mean, if I went into the hospital and God forbid I needed a blood transfusion or something, I believe this person would show up to donate blood in a heartbeat. However, our political beliefs could not be further apart. And this is someone who I grew up with. So it's not as though we're from different parts of the world or different backgrounds in in some radical way. This is someone who you would think would be kind of similar to me. However, I know this person is a good person. I know this person is is someone that I could trust. And this person posted something online that I didn't agree with. And so I decided that instead of hiding it or unfriending that person because you know there's actually been a lot of interesting information about the fact that the reason one of the reasons why the U.S. is so polarized is that we tend to surround ourselves with people who are like us and ignore the people who aren't like us and so there's no constructive conversation happening back and forth and we're just kind of in our own little bubbles getting further and bubbles that are getting further and further apart they're drifting away from each other and so I think it's so important that each of us takes the responsibility to engage with the people in our lives friends and family that we don't agree with because if even if you're not going to change that person's mind The thing that I did and the thing that this person did by engaging with me in a constructive and polite conversation is that we reminded each other that there is someone on the other side of this issue that I care about. And that in and of itself is so important. You know, I might not change that person's mind They might not change my mind, but they just remembered that they care about someone who disagrees with them and vice versa. And I think that is really, really powerful. So take the time to engage the people that you know who don't agree with you, if for no other reason than to remind them of the fact that you're a person and that they care about you. 
but it is important to do it with politeness. It, it can be really fun to be sarcastic and witty and, and come up with a good zinger in social media, but, but that good feeling lasts for a second and the potential harm it can do can resonate far beyond that post. You can really alienate somebody. And so when you do engage in these conversations, just take the extra time to think about your word choice and maybe even say thank you for engaging in this conversation with me. I think this is very helpful, you know, to show gratitude to that person because that will just make them feel really good and and make them feel really open to continuing this dialogue in a meaningful way. So be polite, engage people that you know, and hopefully in doing so, we can help to bring these bubbles back together. Because right now they just feel so far apart that it's a little disconcerting. So I'm doing my part to bring these bubbles together and hopefully I've inspired you to do your part as well. After this, hear the conversation with my friend Angela who is in search of her professional passion after 20 years with the same employer. Hey world, I'm here again with my friend Angela White Randolph. You last heard from her 23rd 2018 podcast where I introduced her as a recurring guest. Hey Angela. Hello, Allegra. Gray. <laughs> so I promised the listeners that we would talk about your decision to leave the only company, the only job you've ever had. Well, not only job, because your job changed a lot over the years, right? Right. The, but the only employer, right. I should say, you've ever had. And so, yeah, so tell us a little about, a bit about this. This just happened, what, two months ago, six weeks ago? Really recently. Yeah, as of December 31st, that was 2017 was my last official day as an employee. And so. so, Go for it. Tell me about it. Yeah. So, I mean, what brings you to that point where you decide, hey, it's time to do something different. Um, But step back just for a moment. um, There was time where I thought, hey, this is exactly what I do, I think, for the rest of my life. Uh, Then there was a time mid-career where I thought, hmm, there must be more. No, what's my purpose in life? Uh, And then I did a little soul searching, uh, worked with an executive coach, worked with a life coach, did all of that fun stuff, and spent Lord knows how much money in that arena mm-hmm. <laughs> only to only to figure out that you know there were underlying themes and threads that have been in my uh, in my life um, that I've always wanted to pursue and explore uh, and then had an opportunity with my former company they were doing some reorganization uh downsizing a bit, sort of right-sizing for opportunities, and I had the opportunity to leave um, with a package and had been there long enough to retire. So I was like, you know what? It's time to do it and do my own thing and sort of bet on myself. So tell me about these reoccurring themes that you mentioned. 
I think you said there were a few things that you had been interested in ongoing. And I think you even tried uh, feeding those interests within your employer's environment, right? Precisely, precisely. Yeah. So, um, so the three areas that I found myself sort of coming back to, um, which is the idea of sort of empowering others, and that could look like many things, and we'll, we'll chat about that. Um, and then there was this piece uh, simply around, you know, utilizing your, you know, your business acumen or your business skills, which I was utilizing on a daily basis in my company, obviously. Um, and then there was this, uh, this piece that was really cross-cultural um, and it really, as I began to sort of pull back the onions on that, it became a, more about this inclusivity piece and cultures really being able to coexist in the same space, not just existing from a diversity standpoint, but actually a real inclusion standpoint. So there's an inclusion piece. There's this piece about helping and empowering others, whether it's teaching, um, coaching, or consulting. And then this piece about having this knowledge and understanding of business, business practices, business processes, um, to be able to move things forward and to get stuff done. And those are the sort of the three things that kept coming back up. I tried to feed them in multiple ways within the organization. I'm happy to expound on, on that further if you would like. Well, there was one that, that really caught my attention. So I know as a woman and as a minority, you were asked to look at how the company was doing with regards to its environment of inclusion. And there was a really interesting takeaway that you mentioned, which hopefully you'll get to, and if not, I'll, I'll point it out. But can you tell us a little sure. bit about that experience? Yeah, so um, over the time company, I'd been engaged in different diversity um, initiatives or um, trying to understand diversity and inclusion a little bit more. But within the last, I would say, six years of the company, I feel was full sort of center in that space. So um, I was the director of um, Hispanic marketing, sort of responsible for that for multiple brands, um, working um, across our brands, looking across our disease states. Um, and with that, I began. Wait, can I? Can we clarify one thing? Just since this is radio and people can't see you <laughs> now. Yes. So, so oh, even though you yeah, were in we charge, <laughs> even though you were in charge of Hispanic marketing, you're not Hispanic. That is correct. Not Latina. <laughs> not Latina. And so just to clarify, because I don't really discuss it, I guess if you look at my picture and read between the lines, maybe you could figure out, you know, what I am. But um, so I am a very mixed background, grew up in Los Angeles. Both of my parents were citizens of the U.S. I'm a citizen of the U.S. But regularly, I'm regularly asked, quote unquote, what are you? which is really such a, not a good way to ask that question <laughs> because, because <laughs> the answer is I am a human, right? I mean, what are you? That's just a really, so if you're ever going to ask the question, cause I have no problem answering it because I understand that people are genuinely just curious, right? When they see me. Right. However, right. if you're going to ask someone who looks unique that question, my preferred way of being asked it is, 
what is what are your ethnicities or what's your ethnic background or what or where did your ancestors come from right don't yeah so oh go ahead like yeah and by the way just you know just clarification nationality has to do with where your passport's from and my nationality is american it's my ethnicities that people are curious about right so and angela and i i should say her mom says that we are like two peas in a pod. Like we, we are twins, <laughs> twins separated at birth. So I just want to add that we actually don't share very much in our background, you know, in terms of where we're from, our ethnicities, et cetera, except for the fact that we both went to business school. <laughs> but we do just have very similar, I guess, personalities in a way. So tell us about your yeah, background, you Angela. There you have it. Well, it's too bad that the first time I didn't meet Allegri, I didn't just sort of say, where are you from, from? You know, that's what I really mean. Like, where are you from? Because mm-hmm. that's what people But no, all joking, all joking aside, my background, I'm originally from Tennessee. I have, uh, so I'm from the South. Um, I've lived um, a lot of my adult life, however, in the Midwest, traveling quite a bit for my company, working um overseas and in Puerto Rico, um, having a lot of responsibilities for those spaces. So I traveled a lot. Like sometimes I wondered if I actually really even lived in the house that I had <laughs> and shared with my husband. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I am, uh, you know, what I would say is, you know, you're run-of-the-mill African-American female. Um, Although you do again, speak excellent in- Spanish. I, I Okay. I will, I will say that I, I try, <laughs> I'm not fluent, but I try, uh, but I, I, enough to run business meetings in Spanish and to, to, um, and enough understanding of, of the culture and nuances around marketing to be recognized, um, um, for my ability to, to navigate cross-culturally multiple cultures, but specifically in the job that I was referring to, um, last email within the United States and Puerto Rico. Okay. So that was the So now that we have topic. that clarified, at your work you were doing a lot of things within Hispanic marketing, et cetera. Okay. Yeah, kind of kind of worked there. Um, and then I um, moved back into um, what they would say is sort of more, you know, conventional marketing where you're working on one specific product or one specific brand and um, was looking for more. Uh, and then ended up uh, getting engaged in some project work or initiatives across the organization to look at minorities um, and how the climate was within our organization, in our enterprise actually, for US-based minorities working in what we considered and what many people consider a Midwestern um, culture that is predominantly male um, and white. And so I've navigated in that space for over 25 years and um, began doing a lot of project work in in that space, um, which was fascinating because it sort of blended all the things that I had thought about uh, in the past that were passion points and themes for the multicultural piece, the helping others and understanding and empowering others to to do um, to do more to better and empower them, uh, and then putting all the business pieces together. So that's where I really spent sort of the last year, year and a half um, of my time in my organization working. 
And you had a really interesting takeaway that was kind of frustrating for you, which was part of the reason why you felt so comfortable leaving, right? Which had to do with the fact that while your company was very good at recruiting and hiring a diverse workforce, the culture within the company wasn't good at nurturing and supporting that workforce. So people didn't necessarily stick around or weren't progressing, right? Precisely. So you, so over time you start to, you know, you, you don't do this stuff in the beginning, but then you see patterns and like you see sort of a revolving door um, where we were bringing in great stellar talent, um, diverse talent, um, diverse majority and minority talent actually, um, cream of the crop. Um, but then you sort of see the, some of that more diverse talent that we asked to come in and like, we want you for your very, the very, um, the very, uh, the very fact that you're bringing something different, a different perspective, mm -hmm. but yet the environment in which you ask that, that talent to operate. Um, and I use this word, um, when I was sharing internally in my organization at one point, um, that, that, that what is it that could be so toxic or so, um, so non, non-receptive that that talent that we fought really hard to bring in to train and, and retain um, can't necessarily survive and definitely wasn't thriving necessarily to the same degree as their, their counterparts were um, in the organization. And so that to me was sort of this epiphany. There, there's got to be something more here. Well, I think that sounds so interesting and such a rich area for you to explore. So uh, I just want to tell the listeners that what we're going to do is check in with Angela as she is figuring out what her, her new play is going to be in life in terms of pursuing her passions and making a career out of it. I think that's something that, you know, men and women, at some point, we reach a point where we say, you know, is this all there is, is just clocking in and out of work? I want to pursue my passions, but what does that look like? So we're going to follow Angela's journey. However, if you have questions for Angela related to you know, her personal experience or her professional experiences, you can go to my website, allegraramos.com slash podcast, and you can read about Angela's background and the topics that she's happy to address in questions. And you can send us questions through iTunes or Google Play, however you listen to us. If you download the free Anchor FM app, you can also do a call-in where you leave a message and I can play it on the air, which is really cool. Or you can email us at hello at allegraramos.com. Now, one of the things that Angela asked when she agreed to be a recurring guest so graciously was that I help her with some things regarding what, what was it that you wanted me to help you with Angela? Yeah. So as I make this transition, um, sort of really follow those passions. Number one, you know, there's just, there's so much that I could possibly do. So number one is focus. Um, but in the focus piece, I also wanted to talk, talk about, you know, how do you develop that routine, that daily routine that allows you to sort of get ahead step by step? Um, and I've noticed Allegre in terms of, you know, you've, you've been you're an entrepreneur and doing your, your own thing um, for quite some time and very successful at it. So how do you sort of allocate the appropriate amount of time, get on the right schedule and really begin to do? So we will talk about those things on the air. <laughs> Okay. Lucky you. So tune. So I'm going to be your guinea pig. Love exactly. It. Exactly. Actually, I'm doing a presentation by the time this airs, it will have already passed, but I can always do it again on 
getting stuff done, you know, how, how, when you're a solopreneur, which I heard a really interesting statistic about the fact that, you know, 90% of small businesses are really solopreneurships, right? Which is a one person business. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so we will talk about that next time with you on the air. Thanks, Angela. Thank you. Coming up next, a fun tip for spring. We're back, and now for my tip. So it's going to be spring soon, and in some parts of the country, it maybe already feels like spring, which means it's a great time to start thinking about planting an edible garden. Now, maybe you're thinking, I cannot plant a garden. I don't know what the first thing about plants. Well, maybe you're intrigued or interested and you want to start out. A good place to start is with lettuces or greens like kale or with herbs because these are simple container plants, meaning you don't need to put these in the ground. You can actually have these on a windowsill. So if you have an apartment or a patio um, that has a window that gets some good light, You don't need actual dirt in the ground to have a garden. You might start seeing little potted plants at your grocery store or even your hardware store that you can pick up and then repot, or you can start from seed if you already have some plants and some dirt. But it's a really fun way to just grow something and eat something that you've grown. Now, if you start with herbs, just one word of warning. Mint is super easy to grow, but it will also take over the entire pot. So if you're going to have an herb pot, do not plant mint with anything else, okay? But you could do a little mini herb pot with, say, cilantro and thyme and, you know, just a few herbs in a little pot. If you're going to do lettuces or greens, lettuces require probably less sunlight than, say, kale or something like that. So, you know, whichever you prefer, try planting them. It's so much fun. It's so rewarding to eat something that you've actually planted. And it's a great way to get some nutrition into your life. And if you have kiddos, kiddos are way more likely to eat food that they have been a party in growing than things that you've just bought at the grocery store. I know this from personal experience. My kiddo loves to pick leaves and eat them right away. She doesn't want to wash them off. I don't know why. She thinks that's fun. By the way... If you haven't checked them out yet, I have my first webinar up on Teachable. So if you go to allegraramos.teachable.com, you can see my free intro webinar and also my first webinar about cocktail party recipes that don't require any cooking is available. And you can become a student right away. Or you can also find out about becoming a Patreon patron because some of my rewards include access to my classes, my cooking classes, as a thank you gift for me. So thanks for tuning in today. If you thought my show was fun or useful, let me know by sending me a tip through Patreon at Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Allegra Ramos, A-L-E-G-R-E-R-A-M-O-S. I have great thank you gifts for my supporters, and I look forward to when I have 500 patrons and can hire an editor to help provide you with even more great content. You can subscribe to my podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and please, please, please leave a comment at iTunes or Google Play. It helps more than you know. If you'd like to submit questions, 
You can do so at hello at allegroramos.com or download the free Anchor FM app and call into my show so I can play your question on the air. It's really pretty cool. I love doing that. So I will see you in a couple of weeks for your next dose of modern life, healthier, easier, and more fun. You'll be hearing from my friend Christine, who will be answering a really interesting HR question about how to help your employees dress appropriately at work. It's a really fun episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. Until next time, be a spark in the world. Over and out.